Hey, all you intrepid architects out there. If you believe design can change the world, then you've found your humans here on this show, Architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Every single time, it's your own blockages. So it's not the outside world. I mean, yeah, that plays a role, but 90% of the time, it's you. It's you putting that thought in your head that you're not good enough. It's you saying, what am I even doing? I'm not making an impact. It's you saying, you know, you're not good enough or whatever it is. It's not anybody else. If you really think about it, nobody's coming up to you being like, wow, (laughs) you should not be doing this. Like nobody's doing that. It's your own enemy inside your head. Everybody, I am so excited today to have Renee Dick from My Girlfriend Renee on. I first discovered Renee on Clubhouse. I loved what she had to say about working collaboratively, and she gave great advice on social media, especially Pinterest, which is really her specialty. And then I started listening to the podcast she does, which is called Dreams to Plans, and This is a must listen. It is all about creative business owners and it's educational and witty and motivational all at the same time. So you will definitely get some good stuff listening in and welcome Renee. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So one of the things that I hear you say a lot on your podcast that really struck a note with me, this was a quote that someone has to be who they can be. And you you preach that. And that really resonated with me because I think sometimes we hold ourselves back and we are afraid to really reach our full potential. Oh my gosh, 1000%. So I can't take 100% credit, even though I would love to. Um, David Meltzer said this quote on a podcast that I've listened to. He was a guest on a podcast that I've listened to probably 100 times. And I take away, you know, we all have that like one episode or music or something that like kind of gets us out of a funk or can get our energy up. And that was one of the episodes that I listened to that kind of, you know, makes me feel calm again. And he had said that and quote was like, all successful people must be what they can be. And it totally hit a nerve with me as well, because as business owners, entrepreneurs, whoever we are, people that are high achievers, we all want to go left when everybody goes right. We all want to do things that are opposite of everybody else. And we have this pressure of having to succeed and reach these goals and all of these things that we put on ourselves. And we can't really name, like people always ask me, like, who are you trying to beat? Who are you trying to impress? And I'm like, there isn't somebody. It's just this feeling of like, I'm made to do something more. And when he said that it made total sense. It's this pressure that we put on ourselves to succeed, to reach that next level, to live the life on our terms. And it's, you must be what you can be. And that's exactly that feeling. And I ran with it. And now I know like there isn't anybody that I'm trying to impress or work for. It's, it's me. You know what I mean? It's me being the best version of me. And that's who I show up every single day for. Love that. Love that. So I actually looked it up and it turns out the origin of that statement came from 
um, Abraham Maslow, you know, the, the whole pyramid, and it is the top of the pyramid, the self-actualization that this is all about. What is the point of living if you're not living to be your best self? 1000%. I love that. And you can tell when people's done, like when they go through like self-development work, mindset work is because they think like that. It's like every single day is a chance to fulfill like your purpose on this freaking planet. You know what I mean? It's like, you can get real woo woo and deep on this, but that is a hundred percent how I feel. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like you can tell that mindset switch that switches when you put in that self-development work, because it's like, you have this unwavering like goal and thing that you're working towards every single day. And people that don't do that don't have that same fire. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your story. Cause I think you really went from zero to 100 in yes. just a very short period of time. Yeah. So I've always been the weird, like, you know, I didn't like school, didn't do any of that. I would go left. Everybody went right. Um, went to hair school because I didn't want anybody to tell me what to do. And I figured I could look cute all day and do hair and work on my own hours. So I did that, um, right out of high school, got my license, did hair for a couple of years and then got pregnant, had a kid. And as you know, hair sales, we just don't have the luxury of taking time off or the schedule wasn't working. So I became a stay at home mom and it just was not for me. Love my kid. Glad I did it. But I was starting to, I was such a people person and such a like, um, you know, high energy and I need to be around people. I need to share things and I need to, you know, shine. And when I was a mom, I was so alone. I was isolated. My husband worked full time. I was home alone and I started getting anxiety. I started to get like, stressed out. I started to get like really down a bad spiral. And I started listening to podcasts. My husband told me like, Hey, you probably need something for you. Um, there's this podcast called Andy Frisella. It's an MFCEO project. You should probably listen to it. And that's where my self-development kind of started coming in. And his wife had a women in business conference that had all women entrepreneurs. It was going to be like, um, education, resources, support, all that stuff. And I just like felt this heart pull, like, Hey, you should probably go to this. And my husband's like, yeah, you should probably go to that. Like I am hundred percent, like go for it. I've never flown by myself. I was flying to St. Louis, never been there. I had no business. I know what I was doing. Um, but I knew I had to go. And the first day I was around other entrepreneurs, women, business owners. And I was like, Holy crap. I'm not weird oh my gosh, I am not weird. These people think like me, their conversations are like me. They have goals like I do, like, holy crap. And that was the first day that I finally said, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to live in my, per I'm going to do what I am supposed to do. And I launched my blog that night, started my blog. And then the evolution of my girlfriend, Renee kind of continued throughout the years. This was in 2019. And, um, I never looked back. I, I literally, the only way that I can explain it is I finally stood in my purpose. I feel, I figured out my path and I never looked back. I didn't apologize. And I knew that every single day I was doing something that I was meant to do. And that's why I think I've had the success I've had because everything is coming from my heart. It's coming from an authentic place. Um, and it's genuinely in a place to serve. And I think that's why my business does so well, because I am here to serve small business owners. Amen to that. And really you, you found that you are a conduit and that you can learn things and then help other people use that information to help themselves. So how did you discover that and then build that network? Well, I started sharing, you know, like when I started, it was still in the place of nobody was sharing anything like community over competition wasn't a thing. It was a very scarcity mindset world. So you would ask somebody how they did something like these girls would have these beautiful Instagram feeds. And I'd be like, well, how did you get that? Like, I don't get it. 
because I was using, you know, Instagram, like everybody else, just posting, posting pictures of my weekend. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, I want a pretty Instagram and nobody would tell me. So I just started Googling it and I started YouTubing and I started sharing it. And people were like, well, how did you get that? I was like, well, this is what I did. And every single time I would do that, people would ask me, like I built my entire website from the ground up and I did everything. And everybody was like, wait, what? You did that? How did you do that? You don't even know how to, you don't even own a computer. Like, how did you do that? And I'm like, YouTube, Google, this is what I'm finding. And then it started to become a pattern where all of my content, all of my DMs, all of my comments were asking questions and I was attracting, you know, Etsy sellers, multi-level marketers, um, any kind of business owner. And they were like, well, I want to do that too. And so I became a resource for small business owners. And that's just what I doubled down on because I'm like, Hey, I found this cool thing thought you can use it. Hey, I found this cool app, thought you could use it. Like, and it's just, it insanely grew my following so quickly because I think it was just something that was needed, um, was people just wanted help and people, entrepreneurship is lonely, small business, it's lonely. And so when you find somebody that's actually giving you content and giving you information, it's invaluable and you don't go anywhere else. And I think that's a hundred percent. I saw a hole in the market and I was like, this needs to be filled. The mission-driven work of going where you're needed and and finding those opportunities. Um, So can you share a little bit more about when it gets tough? Because where you're needed isn't always where you're wanted. And people aren't always receptive to uh, doing what they should do. And you can hit a wall. And how do you move past that and keep staying inspired and motivated to spread your message and keep going. Like I said, it's lonely. It is. And if you weren't doing the mindset work, you got nothing. It starts with you. Like I work with so many people in my community and I hire people to help me with this because every single time it's your own blockages. So it's not the outside world. I mean, yeah, that plays a role, but 90% of the time it's you. It's you putting that thought in your head that you're not good enough. It's you saying, what am I even doing? I'm not making an impact. It's you saying, you know, you're not good enough or whatever it is. It's not anybody else. If you really think about it, nobody's coming up to you being like, wow, (laughs) you should not be doing this. Like nobody's doing that. It's your own enemy inside your head. So the quicker you can attack that person and that little, you know, shitty voice that's saying, you know, hey, you suck. I mean, the quicker you can nip that in the butt and work towards, you know, standing in your purpose, motivation, isn't going to play a factor. It's not motivation. It's get it done. I have somewhere bigger. I'm going, I have a vision that I'm supposed to fulfill. And then those thoughts kind of start to dissipate. They don't go away. Like I can't sit here and say, I don't struggle. I mean, all the time. Cause I do, but I know how to handle it. I have the tools in place and mindset and motivation and having support to know that when those days do come up, when those problems come up, I know how to nip it in the butt. I know where it's only an hour versus like a week of crap. You know what I mean? So it's constantly putting in the mindset work for you. It's taking care of you first um, versus, you know, not, I mean, it's, it's non-negotiable. It really isn't. I mean, you can't skip the mindset work. You will get nowhere. Absolutely. So I'm always encouraging my audience to take a stand, you know, and I was always saying we are world changers. We can make a difference through the work we do. And sometimes the resistance I'll get is my client won't pay for that, or they weren't interested in going that far. And that is going to be true of some clients and you're, they're probably not your ideal client then, but the path to finding your ideal client is that you've got to get your message out there. 
what do you offer and how do you find people that align? So this is your specialty is that being visible part of it. So I'd love you to share some tips on how you can make the work you really want to do more visible in the world so that you're going to attract the kind of clients that want you to do that. And then you can keep building. Yeah. And I think that comes with practice too, is finding out that all clients aren't good clients. Um, And I'm in a service-based industry now, and I have to turn away clients that don't align with my core values or, you know, pull my creativity down. And you have to switch your mindset from a scarcity mindset. Like everything is for the dollar because there's so much money out there. It's not, nothing is worth your happiness. Nothing is worth your stress. So you're going to find clients that want to work you that will pay what you're doing. Like perfect example. I do Pinterest um, marketing for some clients and I have one that's like, oh, well, can you do a discount after this amount of months? And what's my ROI on this? And they're so unsure. And then I have ones that I send the email. I didn't even hit, I don't even think it made it and it's already signed. You know what I mean? It's like, there's just this balance of like, you have to work for the people that want to work with you and bless and release the people that don't. That's like number one. I've learned that the hard way is like, hey, it's not worth my happiness. It's not worth my sanity because they're making way when they say no, they're making way for somebody that does appreciate you and your services and appreciates your talent. And your purpose, your job is to stand in that purpose and say, hey, I do this the best. This is what I do. This is my vision. This is my result that I provide. And you stand so true to that People are going to be drawn to you. People buy off of personality. People buy off of people, not things, right? I mean, I have what? There's 80 email marketers. There's 80 business coaches. I connect with a certain person just like you do. When you sell your services, it's not your service. That's that's okay, fine, you know, but it's you that they're selling. It's the like, know, and trust factor. And the quickest way to build that brand authority, that like, know, and trust factor is to be omnipresent, is to hit them on whatever platform they are on. A lot of people that I talk to only put all their eggs in one, you know, social media or their emails or they're putting it on their blog or they're not doing any of that. And they're just saying, well, it's not working. I can't find my ideal client. But really, are you attracting them on every platform that they can be on? Ideally, my customer is not on Clubhouse, but look it, I found you right? It's, mm-hmm. it's being omnipresent because if you just hit one person in that way, that could be a lifetime client. That could be a friend. Like I found my business partner um, for the podcast, Kat. I found her on Etsy. You know what I mean? And she was on there and she did her SEO properly. And that's how I found her. And now we have a business together. Like you have to be omnipresent. So by doing that, you're taking your content. My sweet spot is repurposing. That is how I built my business. I take one piece of content and I put it on all platforms. I cater to find my clients. So say somebody goes on YouTube and they're like searching for whatever service. I want to make sure I at least have a minimal presence there that I have a chance to show up. Same with Pinterest, same with social media. I want to make sure that I am at least somewhere because when people want to get to know you, they go and creep. Everybody does. We go and creep on all platforms, right? We go immediately. What's your Instagram handle? What's your YouTube? Do you have this? What's your blog? What's your website? And people want to dig and find the juice, right? They want to know what, what do you do? What's your special song? Why do you, why should I pay you? What do I need from you? And by you being omnipresent and sprinkling your content everywhere, that's where you win because now you're out beating all the other people. When you go to hire somebody, are you going to hire somebody that's never been on Pinterest, never been on Instagram, never been on YouTube, doesn't have a blog, never sent an email? Or are you going to, you know, get on somebody that's all putting out content? 
across all these platforms, which one, you know, I'm going to trust the one that's putting out all this platform. Cause then they're like, I have nothing to hide. Right. And they're giving away all this free content and valuable information for free. What are they going to give me when they pay me? That's kind of how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I notice a lot of architects, even when they use social media, it's this is our project. And here's a few words about some, you know, thing to celebrate in the project. And what tips would you have for reaching that client, right? How do you know what your clients might be looking for if they're looking for an architect that they might happen to find scrolling through their social media feed, even if they're not doing an architecture search? Yeah. So what I would do is like, we tend to start thinking like business owners and marketers, <laughs> and we have to take a step back and think of it as a user, right? So scroll through Instagram, see what's catching your eye. What I like, like when I talk to businesses like that, I want to show what the client wants and how we delivered that. Take them from the pain point to the solution. How do you provide the solution? What's the process? What are you doing? How do you help them through not having inspiration, don't know what they want to complete project finish where you're blowing them away? Like what is this the process that makes you special, makes you different? What is some edge that you have that nobody does? Do you, you know, do it in 3D, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like whatever the terms are, but how do you serve your client better than the person next to you? How can you convey that with imagery, with words? And if that isn't your jam, that is okay. You can hire that out. Like I'm a big believer. If like you're going to force it and it's not working, everybody else is going to feel that. And that's okay. It's okay to say, Hey, this isn't my strong suit. I'm a designer. This is what I do. Let somebody else kind of forge the copywriting. There's nothing wrong with that. But my thing would be is search on different platforms and see what's catching your eye. Just type in architecture. Type in, you know, architecture for hire services. Like I found my graphic designer um, through Instagram because of that. Like I found my podcast editor through Instagram because I was using hashtags. I put podcast editor. You know what I mean? If they want something, it's just your job to say, okay, this is what I do. And this, how can I stand out? How can I provide value? Three things you should know to work with an architect. What do you need to know to have in place to make the process go smoother? Get it done faster. Like educate people so that way they know, okay, this is what I need to work with somebody instead of just being like, here's a project, here's another project, here's another project. Like that's boring. You know what I mean? It's so competitive now. You have to find a different way to show something like Instagram reels show you doing a time-lapse of start to finish of the project. How can they make it sign or something, having a conversation with a client and then saying, you know, these are the things that they mentioned. Here's how we brought it to life in a time-lapse thing with music and make it fun and exciting. Cause everybody wants a nice house. Everybody wants a nice everything. So if you can show that in a fun, entertaining way and not make it boring, dude, you're going to win. I think it's a different way to think about it's not the ta-da, it's the process. 100%. And showing your personality and what it would be like to work with you. Exactly. And that goes across every industry, right? Nobody cares about everybody. I mean, the end goal is obviously important, but the process is what's fun. I mean, look at reality TV, look at the behind the scenes reels and shows and behind the scenes of like how you create something because then you see the magic that goes behind it anybody can just say ta-da like here you go but when you show the meat and potatoes behind it the stress the going the back and forth how you maintain communication 
Now the scared intimidation of, you know, that's not really a subject that people know anything about unless you're in that industry. Like you guys know words that we don't know or whatever, like as a customer, you're like, what the Mm -hmm. heck do I need to know? And then it's same with like realtors, how they're like three things to do before you sell your house, like paint your baseboards, change out your fans, like little things like that. You're like, oh, that was really helpful. You know what I mean? It's like finding a way to make it fun. I work with a tax accountant right now as one of my repurposing clients and she does lives saying, is it tax deductible? And it's funny questions and people like, is my hair tax deductible? Is my skincare tax deductible? It's like, it's so fun because she took something that's so boring and scary for people and made it relatable. Same with like an architect. It's like, you just have to find a way to put it on like basic entry level terms and then put your personality on it. If you're funny, if you're direct, if you're, you know, crazy designs and you love doing that, like go and put that out there. People want you. They don't want what you do. They want you and then your sauce behind it. That is something I think a lot of people lack is sharing them because they're so scared of coming across a certain way or not being liked or not being good enough or being professional. And it's, it's kind of out the window now. I mean, nobody's really professional anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, That's such a good point. That's such band. a good like, point. You know? Yeah. I, I love that you said that because a lot of us feel like we have to be polished and formal and that's not relatable. No, it's intimidating because one, you're taking an in, in, intimidating, overwhelming kind of industry where people are like, oh, it just sounds expensive. It sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like, you know, a pain. It doesn't even sound fun. So if you can break that down and say, dude, I'm a normal human. I have kids. I have a house. I have a wife. I have a husband, whatever it is. And then they, you show who they are. Same with like realtors. I mean, every industry, I work with a realtor that's actually dope and picks me up in like sweatpants and we're going to go get a coffee on the way to go look at houses. You know what I mean? Versus like a business card with their stuffy picture on it. I'm not going to hire that person. I don't care. I want somebody that loves me and loves my business and loves my home and loves my family. Same with an architect. Like I want you to care about my needs, whether you think this will look better, fine, but I want you to hear my say and then let's work together as a team. That I think that is so key. And it it's a pivot from being a very professional kind of thing. And I'm finding, you know, for sure with residential architecture, 100%. But even with corporate clients, I work in healthcare, I'm finding there is less and less appetite for the formality and more and more about what is it gonna be like to work together and what is the experience that people are going to have once the project is done? Exactly. And it's it's just people want real. People are just so sick of the fake. The You know, I think 2020 kind of taught us all, like, just people want to connect with people, the biggest thing. And if you're a good communicator, if you have the same core values and you have the same energy, like, I would hire somebody that actually listens and is a great communicator, great energy, than somebody that's like, really freaking good at what they do, but a pain in the ass to deal with. You know what I mean? Like it's that simple for me. I mean, and I know a lot of people are the same way. People just want to connect with cool people. Business is done over beers and barbecue now. Like that, I truly believe that a lot of our stuff is through a FaceTime or a text or a handshake. Like it's not an email that's, you know, five this long. And it's just, I think those are the days are it's limited now. So I wanted to pivot a little bit and talk about personal brand because while half my audience has their own company, the other half work for bigger firms. And I think then the challenge is that you want your career to continue to grow. You want to advance, 
but you've got to stand out from the crowd and maybe you don't even stay with the same firm. Maybe you move around, but you've got to become known for something. You've got to find your why and your why has to really kind of stand out. So how could people really use social media to start to refine their unique personality, point of view, talent, subject matter, expertise, all of that good stuff. Yeah. It's showing you, it's not apologizing for it. It's standing for something like so many people just don't want to say something because they're going to, they're going to repel a lot of people where I would rather shine and stand in my purpose and say what I mean and stand for something, bless and release the rest and let the ones that, you know, stand with me because people are going to go harder for you when you align with their core values. When you stand for something, no matter what, whether that's good, that's bad for some people, you're going to attract a deeper connection with them. Like there's this really good book um, called super fans by Pat Flynn. And he does a really good job of fostering community online and turning followers into an actual engaging um, super fan group. And it's showing what you like the weird quirks, like mine is leopard. And I have this like pet squirrel that doesn't even like me, you know what I mean? But like people are attracted to that because it's funny and it's entertaining and it just creates that bond. So if you can show, you know, your favorite thing to do when you're designing buildings or something that your signature, like my signature is always a star on my shirts. Like when I create something and it's creating that thing where people instantly know it's you. You know what I mean? It's your branding, it's your colors, it's your mood, your your words, your the way you show up, the way you carry yourself, like showing the behind the, the scenes of like what makes you happy, what makes you tick um, and your design style. I mean, everybody has one, whether you think it's so or not, like everybody does. You know what I mean? There's always one thing that you can know. Like I know there's like some famous architect guy that everybody knows who he is. Like I'm not even in that industry that Frank Lloyd Wright or something. Yes. I don't even know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody knows who he is. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know anything about that industry industry, but I know that guy, you know, and it's just because he has a certain design style. Same with like, you know, my husband is in that industry and that he is exactly, you know, when it's his building, because it looks just like it, like his design, you know, and it's something mm -hmm. that you stand for and you'll attract that same with graphic designers. It's the same thing. You have a certain flair. Like I don't hire graphic designers that are very, you know, modern and minimal and black and white and very dark. I do like unicorn farts. You know what I mean? That's how I <laughs> hire. <laughs> so it's showing your specific thing. And don't be afraid to show you just having fun and designing something out of fun. It doesn't always have to be this strict, like client work. That's what I always tell people that are just starting out. I'm working with a, um, virtual designer right now. She's a, um, interior designer. And so I'm telling her, I'm like, show you designing your house. You know what I mean? What would you do in your house? It doesn't have to always be a client project or something people paid you for. Do something that lights you up and people will attract to that. Don't over think it. Everybody thinks you have to do A, B, C, D. You don't have to throw that away. Do whatever makes you happy. Yeah. And, and I think that really hits on this idea of being vulnerable and letting that vulnerability show up. Exactly. Show that you don't know everything and that you're struggling, that you're just trying to make it just like the next guy, like vulnerability wins. And when it's authentic and not forced, you know, like there's always the crowd that's like, take advantage. They go way deep on the vulnerability train. Um, but when you're just showing the real every day, like this is what you do. This is why I chose what I wanted to do. That's why I chose this path. It's going to attract so many people just by being real. Right. Right. I mean, I know I would want to work with somebody who cared so much about what I cared about that they would do it no matter what. And that, 
they were going to bring me additional ideas and connect the dots in ways I wouldn't be able to on my own because they love this so much that they're always learning. They're always curious. And I don't think we always show our process, you know, and just like we were talking about earlier with showing the design process, I think showing how you evolved and why you care about the things you care about and why things that don't seem to matter actually inspire you. Right. It's so true. It's so true. And it's just showing it's, it's showing, it's not telling it's showing everybody likes to see things versus talk, right? Action cures everything. So it's like, show the work, show the real show you and you'll win every time. So Renee, if you had to recommend maybe the top three social media platforms to get on for an architect, what would be in your top three? I would say LinkedIn for sure. Um, LinkedIn, Instagram is just a good one because it's like almost like the, it's just your brochure nowadays. Like everybody, that's just the way connect. It's like a texting platform, I feel like, because when you meet somebody, you're like, hey, I'll just DM you. You know what I mean? That's a way to kind of get in the door um, and hashtags. And then, um, but LinkedIn for sure is where I would be. Um, Pinterest is a great resource because it's visual. Um, It's a way to get your name out there and to get design inspiration. So if you have finished projects or before and afters and you have a blog, I would definitely use Pinterest to drive traffic to that. Um, and then using, I mean, YouTube's kind of like long form educational content. So I would say LinkedIn, Instagram, and then Pinterest for visual like design if you want to grow your personal brand. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you've said before, Pinterest is a search engine. And until you said that, I never realized that. So could you explain a little bit more about how Pinterest works that's different from other kinds of social media? Well, I always tell people, I'm like, okay, think about when you go to Pinterest, what do you type in? Do you just scroll or do you usually go with an idea in mind? White kitchen cabinets, shaker cabinets, um, bathroom remodel, DIY sink covers, whatever, you know what I mean? Like how to do baseboards or wood flooring or gray houses, like everything you're going to, you're typing in something, you're typing in a solution to your problem. So when you go to Instagram, it's more stumble upon content, right? You're just scrolling through the feed, something catches your eye, you're like, oh, that's cool. But when you go to Pinterest, you're actually typing in something. It's like Google, it's like YouTube. You don't just scroll YouTube, you actually have a purpose that you're going there for. Pinterest is the same exact way. So common misconceptions is like, well, I don't need crock pot recipes. It's like, no, honey, go on there, Type in your industry, and I guarantee you, you will find pins that are leading back to a blog post that answers that question. And I think a lot of people now are getting towards it. Pinterest is growing faster than ever because people are realizing, oh my gosh, this is like literally visual Google. It's like crack. You know what I mean? You can go down deep dive, like deep dive for hours on Pinterest, but using it with a purpose and then getting inspiration, Pinterest is definitely a search engine and not a social media platform. Yeah, that that for me was a revelation to hear because I hadn't really ever thought about it that way. And the also the fact that the content you put that's I had something I put on Pinterest five years ago suddenly go viral last year. Yep. That's another amazing part about Pinterest is it doesn't go away um, where Instagram stuff just dies, right? Like after 10 minutes, like three people see it on your feed um, and then it dies where Pinterest is evergreen. 
it doesn't necessarily, it's kind of the opposite where Instagram goes high and then goes low where Pinterest goes low and then goes high. So kind of snowball effect, like you post it, nothing really happens, but then it's like a snowball rolling down a hill and it gains traction over time. Like people have pins from like 2015 that automatically get stuff again. So it's just, it's long game. And that's why I think a lot of people have issues with it, using it as a marketing platform because it's not instant gratification. It's very long, long game strategy on Pinterest. I've been at it for two years now and I'm still growing. You know what I mean? It's like, it's an ever-changing, evolving platform where it's not instant gratification. So it turns off a lot of people. Well, this has been great. So inspirational. And I know you've put out so many great ideas. Now, some people might be going, my head just might explode. So (laughs) how can we work with you if this feels just like, more than you can take. And you're saying that's great, but I just can't. Yeah. So there is, um, a ton of content. Like I said, I am a serving person. I have a YouTube channel. Everything is at my girlfriend, Renee. You can find Pinterest content, small business content, social media content. I mean, every type of content you can find on all of my social platforms. That is my business. That is what I do. Um, and then I also have a small business community called the fresh perspective where I bring on industry expert experts every single month. You have access to over a hundred business owners, all kind of working together, sharing different ideas. Um, and then I also have an agency where we do content repurposing. So we take your valuable content, sprinkle it on all the platforms for you in a pretty bow. Um, And then we have Pinterest marketing as well. So if you're like, oh my gosh, Pinterest is not my jam. Let's call, let's see if we're a good fit and then we can get it on there for you. Um, I do it all. (laughs) Great, great. Well, thank you so much again for coming on and for giving us this deep dive into branding and leveraging social media to help people find us and connect with the right clients and build our personal brand. It's stuff that we don't specialize in as architects, even though we think we can do it all. So I really appreciate um, sharing all of your expertise. And again, if anyone wants to work with Renee, we will put her information into the show notes so that we can find it later. And I would highly recommend if you feel stuck, don't stop get help. 100% agree. 100% agree. Reach out to a business bestie that can help you. All right. Great. Well, thanks again for being on and don't forget for more great tips from Renee, follow her on all of her platforms and definitely listen to the dreams to plans podcast. There's gems, absolute gems in there. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired. Mm -hmm.